You're listening to Culture Camp. Tune in each week to hear from an amazing lineup of athletes, CEOs, founders, and more who have created winning cultures in their organization. Each will share the secrets to creating a culture in your business that will lead you to thrive. Are you ready? Here's your host, Jason Haugen. All right, welcome back to another episode of Culture Camp. I got a really fun one that's uh, a little... Got a lot of drama in the past. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Mr. <laughs> Bennett Maxwell, founder of Dirty Dough. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah man. Sure. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, appreciate it. It's been, uh, dude, we've almost, I think it's almost been a year since we met. Yeah. And it was before you even had, I think, any physical stores. Yeah. Is, is you know, relatively, I wouldn't say it's a new concept, but you're, rel- you're getting out the ground and doing some some things with it. And it's, dude, a but lot. Yeah, it was before we even had a store open. So, yeah. but so and so much <laughs> happened even before you had a store, which yep. is, I don't know, Utah, it's been dramatic, but, um, which we'll get into. Cause I feel like, uh, there's, there's a lot of value in there that, that, you know, that we can add to, to the podcast. So, um, one thing I want to ask you, man, is just what, I know you've been, you know, you know, doing entrepreneurial things and, and doing your thing. So I kind of, I'm interested always to hear your story mm-hmm. of, you know, where you, what you're doing, where you came from, um, kind of why you decided down this journey of either, you know, entrepreneurship. Yeah. I don't know, man, just young age, like to sell things, you know, yeah. hustle. I don't know. I love it. I mean, elementary, it was candy bars and and then elementary, like we got kicked out. Like you can't sell candy bars here. Right. So then we post up on the corner, put a blanket down <laughs> and our king size candy bars. That's funny. And we were slinging those and lemonade stands, shaved ice stands on the corner, lawn aeration, door to door in junior high. It's kind of just always been the hustle and the grind. And then to pay for sports, it's either you pay but I don't have money. So it was right. go hustle and sell cookie dough door to door, go sell these discount brewing cards to pay for football. Or like I was cold knocking businesses in high school to say, Hey, do you want to sponsor the football team? And you know, really pay for a banner. Yeah. That's so awesome. I, I, yeah. Early on, it was just like, that's what I'm used to. And that's what I've always done. Like, I don't, I don't understand. And I'm, I think you're the same way. Like, what is a W2 job? What's a, right. what's a consistent income like? Right. Oh, I, yeah, I have no idea. I mean, it's, it's hard, man, especially like people, people's perspective changes so much when they go from, you know, kind of the security of a job and then they, yeah. you know, oh, I'm gonna go open up a business. And then it's all of a sudden like, oh my gosh, like this is the craziest thing in the world. And I'm like, yeah, it's not easy, but yeah. it's definitely rewarding, but it's, you know, not easy, not for everybody. Yeah. So for I know sure. I, I, I agree with that. And now it's like, this is just, I will never not either work straight commissions or on the business. Cause I, I really do like the you will get paid for your value. I don't want anybody valuing my time. Right. I'm going to, you tell me what I need to do and I'm going to do it better than a handful of other people and maybe get paid a lot more. That's awesome. It's a good uh, mentality to have. And it's cool that it started at such a young age. What, is there something like your parents motivating you to do that or hustle or was the situation you were in? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, raised with a single mom, one of nine kids. So maybe we're just always hustling. Yeah. That's a lot (laughs) of hustling at the dinner table, dude, hustling anywhere. Um, my dad, even though I didn't grow up with him, he was still around. He's an entrepreneur um, and kind of that mindset. Most of all my, my, like of the nine kids, like everybody's doing their own thing pretty much. Really? I got one brother that's been at Facebook forever, but he still has like a side hustle, you know, built an app and that's is, cool. is successful with that. And then another brother that, uh, yeah, I think I have three brothers that have like normal jobs, but they all have side hustles or real estate or, you know what I mean? That's so cool. I don't know. I don't know what clicked in it, but it's in the blood. That, that's awesome. Do you, 
You think it's uh you know from that hustle mentality, or do you did, it was did your dad like try to push you towards a certain direction? Or? No, I think it was the hustle mentality. It's just how did we get that? Because right. when I said he was in our lives, I mean not not really. You know, we'd see him every few weekends, and but it wasn't right. like, hey, son, you need to go sell candy bars, right? So yeah, so I mean, I guess you know, trying to to band together, trying to take care of your family and your mom, yeah. and you know, nine kids. I'm not going to say that's 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 hard and that's expensive and so mm-hmm. you know being able to do that that's pretty cool i mean it's cool that you guys got together and created that mentality and look what it's done for you now oh yeah i'm super super grateful that i got into it super young because it's helped me and i mean after i started doing that my other jobs were like cutco knives you know yeah, commissions for sure. and then i sold pest control door to door and then i did um satellite and vivid alarms and solar which then kind of launched me to like okay i'm kind of doing my own thing i have to recruit my own people i have to sell if my salespeople don't sell, I don't get paid. Like right. It's still straight commission. It's kind of entrepreneurship, you know? Right. So I'm like, okay, why don't I give this a go and just do it myself? Um, well, not really myself. What I did is I teamed up with my brother. That was, he's 13 years older than me and he's been in it a lot longer. Really? So that was really good. Like I knew the sales side, I was selling solar and he's like, let's start doing it online. And then we teamed up, formed a company and that was kind of the first like, okay, true entrepreneurship, live or die. Right. Um, and it went really well. I mean, that's awesome yeah so i got fortunate as well that i'm yeah my fam i've done a lot of business with my family i own real estate properties here dirty dough actually when i initially invested it was with two of my other brothers too. really now they're not involved anymore um but early on they were so has it been really hard to work with family um no yeah. i know it's supposed to right it was hard to work with my dad i worked for him for a little bit doing some oh, sales yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was tough that didn't last um but i own a few real estate properties with some brothers and that's awesome. Seems to go good. The business with the solar went really well. Um, and I think I set it up wrong. Now I've learned that you never do 50, 50 business partners. Right. I just didn't know that before. And we right. were 50, 50 business partners, but we were able to resolve everything and move forward with it. So right. I think I got maybe a little lucky on that. Yeah. No, 50, 50 definitely has a whole layer of, of stuff it's got you know it's yeah. got it's with its own right without getting into too much detail of different things it's 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 tough i mean partners in general are 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 can be tough can be a really really good thing as long as you're you're aligned but i do feel like that you know if it's 50 50 it's it's always a weird dynamic going on well i so i had this the solar company and i sold it after 18 months and i was feeling on top of the world you know and then somebody's like you got to come take this startup course this guy's done these billion dollar companies i was like what's you can teach me you know right just cocky <laughs> as ever um, but I'm like, whatever, I'm going to do it. Cause I, I do love learning. I took his course and it was like, I didn't know anything about a business. I still don't know anything. It just opened the world to how much I didn't know. And like, he brought up a cap table and, and, you know, showed, you know, Rhonda 50%, whatever, right. 50%. And he's like, what's wrong with this cap table? I was like, I don't even know what a cap table is. Right. Uh, but the answer was 50, 50. And he's like, it's not about the equity. It's about the decisions. Like right. if it's 50 point zero one percent that's what it should be and then 49.01 uh, percent um because it's like when a startup you need to make decisions what do you do if there's a stalemate it could ruin a business right you know and then other things that i learned from like what a vesting agreement is i've never heard of that right um and then what i don't know like all, all the different types of contracts and advisory boards and i didn't know any of that so i was super grateful that i that I started learning from somebody who actually had done it. That yeah, sounds like an epic class for sure. I mean, that, that's, yeah, it was good. that's a unique situation. Did you grow up in Utah? Yeah. 
So you, I mean, it was, I was going to ask, cause you know, you went to the, it, you named a lot of door to door places and I feel like that's, oh, it's uh, Utah, man. that's the Utah thing. If it's, you know, come back from a mission, go to door to door is pretty much what, what that's exactly Utah, what what Utah is. So, but I do feel like it creates a, a mentality because it does door to door is tough. I mean, I've had a lot of door to door people on this podcast because there's a lot of people yeah. in Utah. Right. And it's a tough industry. It's, it's a doggy dog. It's hard. It's long hours. It's walking in the cold, walking in the heat. In really yeah. late at night. I mean, it, it's, you have to, like you say, you have to hustle and you know, whatever you put in it, you'll, you, you know, hopefully get out of it. And it, it definitely has created, I feel like a lot of really high level entrepreneurs are that hustle mentality that you got to make it happen. Cause I mean, a lot of people like, Oh, I'll just, you know, sit here and hope it happens. And it's like, no, you have to get out there and do the work. Yeah. I mean, it really is like, get it done. If you right. don't work, you don't get paid. There's no more like, Oh, this person didn't do this. You know, it's like, it's just you. Right. So I, I think it does create that hustle mentality. And then that sets so many people on that entrepreneur mindset of like, okay, well, if I can be better at sales, then I get paid more rather than if I work longer hours. Right. And there's a little bit, yeah, you can work longer hours, but it's about sharpening the saw. And I think that's what we learn. And that's why Utah, I think we have, you know, per capita, one of the highest in entrepreneurs. Oh, I would, MLMs. Yeah. And huge. I just learned Ponzi schemes as well. Yep. Yep. That. <laughs> By Del, I just read that stat. Anyways, it was like we have 1.5 per 100,000 people um, in Ponzi schemes, and the second state per capita was almost a third of Utah. Wow! So we're we're killing it on spot Ponzi schemes. We're uh, we're big entrepreneurs, <laughs> but apparently we screw everybody. I mean, we're just yeah. taking advantage of people. But I feel like I feel like it's that's kind of just Utah's thing. Is like I feel like generally people are trusting. Like yep. I, feel, I feel like that's you know at least that I've seen people are generally trusting. And they're just, everybody's used to this fast paced entrepreneurship mm -hmm. mentality. Um, and they kind of, I mean, a lot of times often they kind of chase shiny things, yep. especially if they have a sponsorship at the jazz game or have a sponsorship at one of the, you know, BYU or Utah or wherever, yep. because then you get it. Like, I feel like everybody's chasing, chasing next shiny things. And I feel like a lot of companies out there, like their goal is like, Oh, if we just get a suite at the jazz game. We're going to be invincible because everybody's going to want to come party with us. And then a tech company <laughs> launches, they get a suite at the jazz game. And then next year you never hear them again because it's this vicious cycle. But that's crazy, dude. I would never guess that we were. I just saw that on like, I don't know. Well, you hear about it all the time, but I feel like that's maybe not, I guess it's not normal because yeah. it happens a lot more than. It was the fifth state overall in Ponzi schemes, which is crazy because our population is so low. Right. Know? And then when you take in the per capita, we're like three X the second place. And it's like, okay, yeah, I guess I've seen a lot of that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, thinking about like when you look in the news all the time, yeah. it's, I wouldn't say it's a regular thing, but it's fairly you know regular there in the news where you're always seeing some, someone get busted or something, yep. this, something that, I mean. In some people that I actually know have gotten huge amounts of trouble from it, that I'm like, I would have never suspected this person was was doing that, but yeah, it's they do. It's a thing. I do think it's a lot of the trust. You know, everybody's in the same religion, right? And it's like, oh, if this person's in a leadership position at my religion, then I can automatically trust them, right? I do, you know, I do feel like that, which is unfortunate, unfortunate, um, yeah. but I do feel like in Utah you know, people within you know, the LDS religion just trust yep. that everything's going to happen perfect. And I'm like, okay, well that's not necessarily, like it's not yeah. working out like you, you're thinking it is. And then you're, and then it messes with people. Cause they're like, how can this person do something bad? Because you know, we they're in this quote unquote believe, position. Yeah, yep. and we believe in the same things. And so I feel like it, it's, you know, a pretty negative effect on a lot of people because it, it, it hurts them pretty bad. Mm -hmm. And not only a financial level, but a deeper level of what they believe in. For yeah, sure. no, I, I see that. And right now we're raising capital for Dirty Dough and 
I kind of makes me cringe a little. And this was a warning from an advisor. It's like if whether religious or not, if they bring up their religion as a reason to trust them, like it's probably a red flag. Right. You, know, you should trust them because of who they are, not because what their leadership position is in the local church. Right. And and then it's it, it people will bring it up like like, oh well, you can trust me because I'm XYZ. And it's like that's kind of weird, but whatever. Right. Yeah, I mean, like I'm all for selling, but there's a, some things that yeah. you don't use as sales <laughs> tactics, right? Like it's it's interesting, but you know, the funny thing is, is people who are listening to this probably haven't been in a position like that, yeah, um, because they're really like, yeah, I'm not from Utah, I would never be in that. But man, you just got to understand being from Utah, it's it has its challenges, especially if you're LDS, non LDS, do trying to do business. It's like people run with their with their people, right? And so it's 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 tough, and I wouldn't say it's it's tough, but it, there's there's a barrier there sometimes, yeah, especially if it you know. I've run into some people that are like, oh, no, I'm not going to. They'll ask me, you know, what are you or what's going on? Oh, I'm not interested in that because of whatever. I'm like, come on, man. Like, I'm a good dude. Like, yeah. why don't you just have a conversation with me? So, <laughs> but you know, it's okay. But what I do think that. Yeah, that, as the owner of a cannabis company in yeah. Utah, bro. Yeah. yeah. Shun you. I know. Yeah. That's why I've <laughs> honestly never said much about the cannabis company uh -huh. because, you know, one, it's. I wouldn't say it's at an arm's length. I'm on the board and, you know, yeah. a strategic advisor and all that stuff. And we own, you know, part of it. Um, but if we live in Utah, people will be like, Oh, now they automatically think we have a cannabis company. We're just super big stoners. Well, yep. we can't, it's in Utah. It's super illegal. So I not even, I don't even, I can't even go buy my own product, but we've kind of transferred into more of this marketing uh, company instead of, we used to seed to sell. So we used to grow our own mm -hmm. pre-roll our own, everything package it, sell it in the, the, the shops. And we were going to buy a bunch of shops and then we kind of pivoted because there's a lot of legal stuff i mean if, if it's grown in the particular state it has to be sold in a particular state it can't yeah. cross state lines it just kind of got to be a mess and a lot more work than just a few dudes who started it with some nfl guys because we do own it with a bunch of nfl guys that we wanted to do right it's just a lot more work and so we more you know kind of became I mean, a marketing which is company. so genius oh yeah because we we white label. it all looks like our product yeah but it's white label it's not our product so um but really like the story behind the cannabis is you know jim mcmahon um good friend and you know talking about all the stuff that he went through you know he's two-time super bowl quarterback yep. and the, the bears back in the day and you know chatting, chatting with him and just what it's changed his life versus you know how many percocets and lower tabs and oxy i mean he was completely addicted yeah he looks like hell i mean the dude looks like he's 100 years old which i love you jim um he's he's keep saying he's going to be on my podcast. So maybe one day I'll get him on here. We'll talk about it. Um, but it's, it can destroy his life. And no, now it. since been using cannabis, he hasn't used anything like that, which is great. I have a buddy and uh very, very religious. He's got lower back pain. He's 30 years old. Like literally like limps around really lower back pain has to have a CPAP to sleep. And he's taking anxiety medication. I'm like, those are like the top three. Right. <laughs> like, why for sure. Just take some cannabis. Dude? Right. Um, but that religious, which I, I don't now it is legalized in Utah for medical purposes. For sure. Yeah. So maybe you could, but there's still that stigma of like, oh, but I'm like, I don't know. Rather than doing a CPAP every night, painkillers and anti-anxiety medication, maybe take a gummy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's funny how we look so down upon that gummy, but we'll, we'll pop a couple of Oxycontins. Like yeah. it's nothing. Oh yeah. They're prescribed yeah, to them. We're opioids? good. Yeah. No problem. We're man. good. We're good. But then if you look at it, another statistic in Utah is that we were one of the highest opioid overdose, you know, per capita, I think in the country. Yeah. And it's like an epidemic. I mean, it's, it's, it's I mean, a big super deal. Super high with depression and suicide rates per capita yeah. as well. And it's like, there's so much, I think that if cannabis wasn't so, you know, and, and all of it, like when we talk about medical cannabis, it is not just, you know, sitting around a uh, the living room lighting up a freaking joint and singing uh -huh. kumbaya having a good time no i mean there's there's oh there's so many benefits i've yeah. been 
when I was in California, I got into cannabis and it's like, oh, this is freaking awesome. Right. Especially for business owners that like our minds are just freaking race. You know what I mean? Right. And when to separate your work day from your family time and then also to help with sleep, I've used it for both of those things. Oh yeah. I mean, and, it, there's oh, so man, many things. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, when, and I, so I went to a cannabis convention. I mean, for, I've been so against this and because uh, I am not the, the, I'm like, I'm going to blow my brand up. Like I'm going to get, I'm going to be crucified because Jason has a cannabis company. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Did, did I just spill the beans? No, 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 no. no you're good. You're good. Um, but I do think because I'm, I'm really believing in what we're doing because you go talk to Jim McMahon and Kyle Turley and Evan Britton. And, um, you know, I've got the chance to hang out with Ricky Williams and Ed Reed and all these guys, a ton of these NFL guys. And I'm looking at them and they're, they got a shake or they're like not all the way there. And they're like telling me like the only way that I'm standing right here is, is using cannabis. Other than that, I would be Taken. I mean, I don't Kyle think anybody Turley, who looks at the studies is going to argue that opioids are better than cannabis. It's right. just the stigma, right? Like it, it is a super, super useful medicine, right? No, I, I agree. I mean, Jimmy or Kyle Turley was taking 150 Percocets a week, yeah. and he had to get multiple doctors to prescribe that to him because no one doctor is going to prescribe yeah. that much. But he couldn't get through the day. And now hearing him speak to me of like why I should help you know invest in their company is like, uh -huh. hey man, in eight years I've had one uh, ibuprofen, Lortab. Oxycontin, Percocet, nothing. And I'm like, man, because my view of it being from Utah is like, hey, it's everybody's getting high. You know, my friends used to do it in high school and, you know, yeah. older as everybody's just smoking weed, getting high. Like you're dumber. Like I met some people that I'm like, you're just stupid. But, you know, and that's what my thought was. Yeah. You just burning brain cells and getting, you know, whatever's going on is going on. But then if you really think about it, there's so many health benefits to it. And even muscle, like I, I was in Colorado one time. And my buddy, um, I was, I have really bad back pain and he was like, dude, let's go to the, dis, you know, dispensary and get some muscle rub. And I was like, what do you do? What? No, I'm not going to do that. I started arguing with them and he was like, just trust me. This is one of the best muscle rub I've ever had. And it's just uh -huh. like a little tube of like, it looks like icy hot, but it's, I don't know what's in it. Obviously cannabis or hemp or yep. whatever's going on. And I'm like, this is the craziest muscle rub in the world. I'm like, but it's crazy to me that I'm going to, I can't take it to Utah because I go to jail. Like yeah, what, it doesn't make any sense. So there, I'm the, like the, the. I also just had an experience anyways. And, and I was doing some research on methamphetamine and it's a schedule two drug. Really? So it's not schedule one. There are medical benefits to methamphetamine. And then you look at cannabis and it's like, wait, that's a schedule one drug. Yeah. You look at mushrooms that nobody's ever overdosed. It's right. Like, wait, what? Like, right. Who is making these laws? It's you crazy. Methamphetamine can be prescribed for severe ADHD, but there's no benefits for mushrooms when John Hopkins says, you know, all of their, they're leading all the studies or MDMA right. or cannabis. Um, yeah. Kind of, kind of a little backwards. I know I was talking with a, with a bodybuilder buddy of mine and he was like talking to me about, you know, testosterone. That's a schedule one drug. And I'm yeah. like, what? Like, how can you overdose on that? And he was like, I have no idea. But like, you know, he got pulled up. I mean, he's prescribed it, uh -huh. and which is funny because like, you know, there's like a taboo over testosterone, I feel like, but I'm like, if, if dudes realized how important that was to him, oh, dude, everybody would testosterone be testosterone for a few months, dude. Yeah, it's I, night it's, and it's day difference. Life changing, even at a young age, because there's the stuff that we eat and how our body, what our bodies are going through constantly. We're, we're needing as males, we're needing testosterone at way earlier age. Like you used to think, you know, testosterone is for like my dad or like yep. way older. It's, it's at such an earlier age now, which is super sad. I mean, talks it about is. what we, what's in our I, society I, and food and all that. I went to some mastermind and he's like, somebody was just preaching about going and getting a blood test. And I was like, for what? He's like, just a full blood test, hormones and everything. So I went in and I did it. And my testosterone levels came in at 202. Wow. 
So I'm 30 now at the time I was 29. And, and, and normal ranges, depending on what website you're looking at, is usually 400 to 1,000. Right. I was at 202. Yeah. And I'm like, what the heck? And I didn't realize, like the doctor's like, okay, so you're probably depressed. You probably have no motivation. You don't see results in a, um, in the gym. You have no sex drive. Like all these, I was like, I don't feel like that. Right. I started getting on it. And then I started losing weight because I got that uh, gastric sleeve surgery. Right. So I got back off of it to see if it, my levels went back up. And it, they went up a little bit. They went on from 202 to 270, wow. right? So I still had to go back on it. But when I got off of it, I felt like terrible. I was taking naps again every day, doing caffeine on testosterone, no naps, no caffeine. I'm just right. energy, energy. It's, yeah. and it's Dude, not like I'm like, I need a ton. I just need to be at normal levels. And I have no idea why it wasn't probably because I was so fat for so long. Sitting at 310 pounds for a little bit. Dude, um, it, it makes no sense. I mean, I'm sure, that, and, and I hope people know, I'm not a doctor. You're not a yeah. doctor. Like we're just kind of shooting the shit just talking about it right now but it makes no sense of like why people have really high testosterone when people have none like my buddy has never taken testosterone in his life like because people uh-huh. were like oh like you started taking it when you're 18 because you wanted a bodybuilder you didn't need it one of my buddies never taken it his yeah, entire life too. like he was my bro at the gym like one of my best friends like we're so super similar kind of similar builds uh-huh. and then he could never like get totally fit and was always kind of tired and this and i'm like man you gotta go get checked you gotta go get checked and he's like dude i'm super young there's no reason why i yeah. shouldn't and i'm like dude you gotta go get checked he went and got checked he was at 10 10 10 i'm like dude are you even how alive, are you even alive bro? yeah i was like <laughs> what, is, what is going on and so he 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 got on it and he was like because he's a firefighter that's he's the lowest like, i've ever heard he's like dude i'm I feel so much better on this and I'm that. I'm like, yeah. yeah, I would too. Like it's such an important hormone to to dudes and in, you know, to be able to function correctly. Yeah, get your health right. And yeah. then everything else kind of falls into yeah, place. Yeah, because it, 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 there's so much that if you get that right and get your hormones right, mm-hmm. then, you know, it does with a lot of things like skin issues and mental fog and all these things. Like there's so much like the foundation, you know, in, in hormones. Yeah, and right now with like depression rates and anxiety, like a lot of those things are, you, you can help with supplementation. Right. Or, like, or even just brain fog, you know? Right. And and yeah, testosterone is a little bit, you, you do have to have that prescribed and you have to show that you're actually low. Right. Um, but there's a lot of things you can do that aren't prescription. I mean, I've been doing, it is for muscle, but also just for brain, um, creatine and glutamine oh, yeah. every day. Andrew Huberman is the dude I follow. Um, oh yeah. He's a neurobiologist at Stanford. He's got a podcast. Yeah, I've Anyways, heard of him. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's the man, but it's very cheap supplements. That's like, take these and these will increase you know, and then once your mood increases, kind of everything else, increase right. your mood, increase your sleep better and do these. Uh, he always starts with behavior first. So like getting sunlight in, in your eyes, you know, right. going to bed at a decent time, not looking at screen time, whatever, like all the behavior things. And then it's, let's see what you can supplement. Yeah. No, I, so I love it. Cool. And even, even for women, like, you know, the hormones are super, super important. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know how we started getting on this, but this is an interesting <laughs> subject. Uh, this is not what I was planning on talking to you about, but I think it's so important because like you build a better person, you build a better company, you build a better team, yep. you build up all these things. And a lot of it happens at like almost a medical level where people don't really mm-hmm. pay attention to their health. Like you see those people run themselves into the ground, they work themselves to death literally, and they just don't pay attention to things and what they're eating and diet and what they're feeding their body and like how many how do you drinks operate, do you and how think? do you make like, those big crucial decisions if you have brain fog right and, it, and you're tired and you have to take breaks right and you don't have energy like how how do you operate a business effectively if you're not taking care of your health dude it's impossible and people so know hard. Yeah. you're like what's wrong with you, you tired this and that like you're yawning in meetings it's 11 mm-hmm. you know a.m like that should be your prime like you should be energized yeah. and ready to go at 11 a.m 
like I used to be me. Like I was yawning. I'd have to have maybe one or two bangs by then. That's 600 milligrams of caffeine. Yeah. Like I'm already <laughs> pumping and I'm like, and then you crash and I'm like, man, what's going on? And so it's, dude, it's, it's so important to get your health right. And with me, mm-hmm. you know, I have kidney disease and liver disease and heart disease and every other thing. My cholesterol was like 370, which is bad. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, I got kind of called well, to the carpet last yeah. March and right. I had to completely change my diet, completely change the way I work out, completely change everything because like, no one really knows what to do with me, which is really sad. Like I go to this doctor and they're like, bro, like, I don't even know how long you got. And then you go to this doctor. And I'm like, oh, you're perfectly fine. Then I go to another doctor. And like you're a stage four kidney disease. We need to get you on the list to get a kidney transplant. And I'm like, so then That's what I end scary, up doing bro. is I don't even go to the doctor and I'm like, ah, like my legs are swelling. I'm pitting. Like, you know, like when I fly, uh-huh. like a lot of people's legs swell, dude, my yeah. legs will swell for two, three, four days. I'll gain really? 30 pounds flying. I'll be the big, big fluff ball. And like it, you can push on my feet and it's just squishy. Like it's, it's bad, but like because, woman, yeah, yeah, because I'm not like, I'm not yeah. right. And so, but it's hard because I keep going to this doctor and that doctor and I get so many different opinions where yeah, it's all hard. contradicting. So I'm like, I'm just going to chill. And I've gone to one kidney specialist and they're like, oh yeah, we got to get you on a transplant. Like we got to do this and do that. I got into another kidney specialist. It's like, oh no, you're fine, man. Like you're good. We're good. I'm like, so crazy how there's so many different, I'm like, it's like what do you trust? It's oh, so man, hard. Funny. And it's like, it's, it's kind of heavy on my heart all the time. Yeah. And cause I, I mean, I had really tough, I was in the hospital when I, everything happened back in 2018 uh-huh. um, for, for, you know, a few days and almost I coded, like I almost died over oh. it. And then now I'm like, I've never got an answer since 2000. 18th five years i still don't really have an answer of what's going on i just know my medical you know records say i have stage four kidney disease i don't even know what that means i i don't know so we'll, i guess to be determined and every time we'll get a blood test uh-huh. it's like dude you're like look like you're dying and i'm like i don't get in line man just give me my you know if it's testosterone just give me my testosterone <laughs> let me go out of here yeah because like, there's nothing you can do for me and so it's just it's this constant battle that i have but, but i was noticing i had no energy like i'm tired mm. even this last year and then i go to the doctor my cholesterol's through the roof. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm a healthy dude. Yeah. So I like quit red meat. I haven't had red meat since last March. I haven't had, you know, tried not to have any saturated fats. Mm-hmm. Don't really, so I've been eating way cleaner. And then I got a, a good coach um, that's been helping me with, with nutrition. And I feel 10 times better. Good dude. Even in the last that's like so 60 good. days, I feel yeah. 10 times better. And I've lost, I've lost like 10 pounds even in the last 10 or 60 days. Yeah. And I'm just, I feel good. In, in, but I feel healthy. Because before I would try to look good at the cost of my health, uh-huh. you know, doing stupid stuff. And now I'm like, I just want to look good and feel good and be able to bend down and not get tired and, yeah. you know, hang out with my daughter and get to play with her instead of, you know, now I'm working on stretching. It's and those like, uh, phone calls, business phone calls that you have to go up the stairs. And then I'm like, just pressing mute to like, <sighs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, <laughs> why? I can't walk like, up why the am I tired? Stairs, dude? Why am I tired? I feel like I'm, everybody's like, man, you're in such good shape. I'm like, circles of shape. I might look good, <laughs> but I'm the most unhealthy yeah. person behind this skin that you've ever seen. But it, it's so important when, in, in entrepreneurship and business and leadership and really take care of your health. If, if someone in my eyes is like in, in a position of leadership and then you just know that their health is completely gone, like I'd kind of be like, bro, it's hard. Yeah. Hey, it's hard. It's like, like I understand like you have a passion for maybe, you know, leadership or leading a team or whatever, but like you got to take care of your health because that like an all around you, a better you is all around better team. Like you're, yeah. you know, I mean, I fell into that. That's, I'm, that's how I got to 310 pounds. Cause I was like, well, I just need to work harder. I just need to work more. Cause I need, once I have money, everything's going to be solved. Right? right. And then it's like, that was so stupid because you can't operate. You can't be a good leader if you're not in a good space mentally. And to be in a good space mentally, you have to be healthy. Right. You know, no, for sure. And that's what I've been focusing on a ton. And I mean, it started with the gastric sleeve surgery and then 
which freaking sucked. <laughs> I thought it was just like, oh, this is going to be super easy. It's like, no, you're just hungry all the time. Right. And you can only drink liquids for a while. It sucked. Yeah, that um, would be hard. But, and then getting more into like, oh, I want to lift heavy. I was, you know, squatting five and pushing 600 pounds to like, I just need to do yoga and move, you right. know? Um, so yeah, it makes a night and day difference. And then as the business grows and I guess harder decisions come, I feel way more poised Right, you make feel sharp, decision. right? Like you yeah. said earlier, sharpen your saw. I, I got told by a mentor of mine, it's like, he was going around the room and we were at a leadership meeting and we're go, he, he was going around the room and we had taken this test of like, what was the most important thing? Like, how did our day go? Um, and then we rated of like, what the most important thing was to us. Um, and, you know, I picked the gym. This one lady picked like a walk in the dog and like people picked various different things. And so he picked this, this uh, gentleman because it happened to be her boss was sitting next to her and then her. And he's like, hey, like, do you know what her favorite thing to do is in the day? And you know, like what? everything starts from here and he's like no what it's like it's walking her dog um, and then he's like okay and then she's like like they started talking about it and he, and then this you know this presenter was like do not come to work without walking your dog and then the guy was like wait why and he was like because you're gonna she's gonna think about it all day long mm-hmm. and she's gonna be wishing that she walked her dog and feel bad and then try to rush through everything maybe to get home a little bit early to walk her dog like her whole day is gonna shift and be she's gonna be a little bit stressed out and you're probably gonna get maybe 70 to 80 percent of her for eight hours instead of 100 percent of her for for seven yeah and he's like wouldn't you rather have 100 percent of her while she's a little bit late to work and then the guy was like yeah i didn't realize that like that meant and so you, much I mean, to you. you see that in these tech companies right the, the tech companies that have billions on billions on billions of dollars you visit the google campus or the facebook campus and they have every i mean you don't need to leave campus because they just pamper right. you there because it is about and, and they, they're paying their software engineers because my brother's at Facebook um, for a while. You know, they'll pay him half a million, six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars Right. on top of that. And then it's like, well, here's the free haircuts. Here's all the healthy snacks you can ever desire. You right. know, and it's like they really know that if they invest in their employees health, they're not doing it because they're good guys. I mean, maybe they are good guys. I don't know. But I <laughs> don't see more it. out of it. Right. It's an investment. It's an investment. They're yeah. investing in that. And it's like, OK, make your employees happy. And they will be more effective at work. And then it's like, I do believe that. And I have seen it in myself that this last year, 2022, I invested in myself more than I ever have, both like on the supplement side and going to the gym more, got that surgery. And then also on the networking side of like masterminds. Look, I don't need to work 40 hours, like head down in my business. Right. I'll still work 40 hours. But like when I go to therapy, that's that's in my 40 hours. That's not after like that's because that's going to make me a better boss right. a better leader and when i go to the gym even then i'm like i'll still go and you know i'll go at eight o'clock and i usually work eight to four but it's like no i'm going to the gym and that counts as work right it's making me a better person right yeah no i i totally agree people miss miss it when they don't take care of themselves mentally mm-hmm. physically i mean really like on our like you know re- reset and recharge whatever it is when you go on vacation is very important yep and in you but what i see people all the time is they don't do that at home like you can still do that at home like you yep. can still take time for yourself you can still do things for yourself because if you only go on a few vacations a year say it's once a quarter that's four resets in a year like that doesn't really work yep. for a lot of people especially people like yourself when you're working you know balls at a wall you're sacrificing your health you're sacrificing your family's time you're sacrificing all of these things and you're putting your all into it and it's like okay like you really need to to invest in, in yourself and mm-hmm. in put things aside for you. It's, my wife, I want to go snowboarding this year. We got in a little uh, healthy debate. Um, <laughs> and I was like, why, why can't I go snowboarding? She's like, you'll never go snowboarding. I'm like, why? And then she's like, well, you know, we went through the calendar uh-huh. and it was, it was the debate on buying a season pass, you okay. know, if it was worth it or not. 
And so we went through the calendar of like all the days that I possibly could go snowboarding. And I'm like, okay, so I didn't have buying season pass. And then I was listening to a podcast and it happened to this talk about the same thing about taking time for yourself and getting, you know, clear mind and, you know, creativity, especially if you're, you have a creative mind when you get away out of the, the noise, you know, quote unquote of work and in life, that's when your creative juices start flowing. I'm like, that's totally me. Mm-hmm. Like the worst thing my team loves, really they don't like me going on vacation because when we come back, when I come back from vacation, <laughs> I got pages full of notes. That's I'm like, the, man, I was at the, at the, yeah. we should do this and we should do that. Just, dude, like, that's dude, so just st- go back on vacation. Like there's like, just chill over here. And, but I'm like, that's where my creative mind starts flowing because maybe I'll hear someone say something like mm-hmm. for customer service. I mean, I'll go, I'll be somewhere where they, where they treat me a certain way or say a certain like word track. And I'm like, oh, that's a really good word track. I'll start writing stuff down. So my creative juices are flowing because I'm not in the the noise, quote unquote, of work. Dude, that's and, totally me to a T. And I think that's most entrepreneurs. Cause it's like, if we're head down, working, 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 we're just thinking about that one task. Right. When you free up your mind to just think about the entire, I mean, that's the difference between working on your business and in your business. For right? sure. Then I mean I do that on drives, like just driving up here. It's like, oh, that's kind of a far drive, but oh, I know an hour drive, I'm gonna I'm gonna work still. Right. You know, it's I'm taking the breaks off of the daily task works, but I'm still working in my mind and right. I feel like that's I get more done at that time. And sure. then you get the ideas, you get the vision, and then you delegate that to the team rather than you just trying to complete a task. Right, which is super important. And, and especially when you're creating a company and creating a very large company like you're doing is being able to delegate those, mm-hmm. but then taking time for yourself. Like, you know, I started listening to that podcast and it started saying, taking time for yourself. And I'm like, how, like, I should demand that I should take like me. And I don't, I'm not the guy that's going to go snowboarding all day long. I, yeah. it's too much, but I'm like from nine to 11 certain days, I, sh- I should like, I got to take time for myself yep. and do that. Like I got, you know, it's a little bit different. Like there's a lot of employees that are maybe, you know, you know, hourly and the prediction and stuff like that. But when we go home, work never leaves us. When we travel, yep. work never leaves us. Like I'm, I'm on 24, seven, 365. Cause there ain't mm-hmm. nobody above me. So I'm the last person. If someone calls, I've gotten called in the middle of the night by bell bondsmen, you know, some people <laughs> maybe went to jail or not went to jail. So I'm like, this is just crazy because, yep. but this happens all the time. So it's like, no, I'm going to take time for me because that's when, you know, I think snowboarding to me is very therapeutic yep. and you know, I, I can't ski. I like skiing, but you know, I love snowboarding. So, um, being able to do that, I'm like, Hey, next year I'm gonna make it a goal of mine to, to, you know, yes, a certain amount time. of times because it's set aside some time, but it's up to me to schedule those times and then not, and let that be a non-negotiable. It's like, no, yep. I'm not going to let that get in the, like, Okay, I know we got to schedule this. It's like, can we schedule it around it? And some people might say, like, oh, like you're, you know, you got to work and work and work and work and work and work. And I'm like, no, because I get so caught up and my brain starts to get a little clogged. I don't, I don't know if you ever felt that. Like, you get yeah, that brain fog. You just for get sure. burning out. Mm-hmm. And what I do not want to do is I owe it to our team members, our employees, to not get burned out. Yep. Because if I start getting burned out, then I then I start to not really care, and the company, you know, probably will start to fail. Yep. Yeah, you needed. It's just that sharpening the saw, and I think at least for me, what I've seen in myself personally, I feel guilty. Like I have to be the hardest worker. Right. I own the company. Yeah. Like you feel, you almost feel like you have to prove it to somebody. Yeah. Like who, who the hell am I proving it to? Right. Who, who even tracks my schedule? Right. Nobody knows, but I kind of feel guilty when I don't. And then I'm like, okay, stop. Like the whole point of entrepreneurship is freedom. Right. So why am I having the freedom and you have all these employees and really good leaders. And then I still have to feel like I have to prove myself to them or they're not going to, follow me right so I, they're no, making I, a salary <laughs> they're, I, I they're totally good agree. and they probably want me out of their business because that's more empowering right you know but it's weird because there is that kind of that guilt of like i need to work more 
because I'm supposed to. And it's right. like, you're not supposed to do anything. You're supposed to be happy. Right. You're supposed no. to do what you want to do. And I, I uh, wanna, you know, figure it out. Same thing. I mean, my. Talk about your my, freaking gym, dude. Broke my pen, man. How healthy are you? Dude, I'm a beast, man. I'm a beast. I can break pens. Um, <laughs> it's the ADD in me, man. It's fidgety. I need a fidget spinner. I would just be burning through it right now. Um, but but I go through the same thing. I mean, uh-huh. I, my, but I, I actually have had my team check me and be like, dude, you're okay to go do what you need to do. Yeah. And like, hey, you shouldn't be working in this. You need to be going and creating business on the outside. Like go mm-hmm. figure out, you know, different banking relationships and possible areas to grow and, you know, companies to buy and go fly around and network with people and go meet with the manufacturers. And I'm like, but like, then people will just see me flying around and then I don't want to do this. Yeah, like they need to see me as the hard worker. Yeah, they need to see me like, you know, I need sweeping to be in the trenches. I need to be sweeping the, yeah. the, the floors and they're like, just no, like that's not what we need you to do yeah. because then you're you're kind of like you're you're under not really undermining, but like you're doing stuff that other people are doing and like that's their job and they're they're proud, you know, they're proud of their job. So like, just do you and we'll do us. They know that everybody and I think that like setting that that precedence and like letting the team know like hey I'm like we're this is what I do. This is what I do and we're doing this together and this is why I'm doing it. Yep. And you know, if they see you, you know, goofing off and being dumb, like that's one thing. But I but I still feel like, you know, at the end of the day, like it's it's capitalism, you can do whatever you want. Yep. Um, but it's you know, guess what the whatever standard you want to set. But when people are seeing you that growing the business and doing this and doing that, it's exciting for them because they see it on a bigger level, yep. right? Well, like that sweeping the floor thing. Like I get that. If you like sweeping the floors, I don't like sweeping floors. Right. I'm not going to do it. Right. Because I'm here and I want to do things that make me happy and bring me fulfillment. Right. Making cookies is not one of them. I've never made a batch of cookies. And you're like, oh, well, you're the leader. It's like, if I like doing that, I would do it. But it's, I'm, I'm not going to do something I don't like. When I can hire somebody else that does like to do it. Like, why, I don't, why would I purposely suffer when right. I can pay somebody else that wants the money, needs the money, and they like baking cookies. Right. You know, so... I like, I see the benefit of like, you got to stay humble. And, right. and I don't think it, what I'm saying, it has nothing to do with humility. I don't not bake cookies cause I'm not humble. I just don't like doing it. Right. You know, I like doing a lot of other things, but I don't like doing that. So I don't think I should like purposely suffer. Right. No, I, I agree. Like, because people be like, dude, this dude's miserable. Like, yeah. why are you in here? Like, it doesn't really matter. But you know, being, you know, having that creative mind and being an entrepreneur is like, Hey, I don't like to book cookies, but I'll go find people who do. And I'm, trust me, mm-hmm. there are people who love to do that. I've seen them. <laughs> like yeah. people love to do that, love to create, love to see the customers bite into it. Like they love, like that gets their- There's there's somebody that, yeah. there's a good, you know, and you can find people that love to do every single thing, but yeah. so often we get caught into like, like I love the sales process. I love raising capital. I love networking and I'm good at it too. Right. Why would I do anything else? I'm going to hire everything else. And then I'm going to hire somebody Rather than like me trying to do everything or a little bit of everything, I'm like, I'm just going to do what I'm good at right. because I like, usually people like what they're good at. For sure. And then if I like what I'm good at, that actually makes me more, even better because it motivates me more. Right. Um, I don't know. That's just my philosophy. And I don't know. I feel, I feel like I need to have fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just going to do what I like to do. And then I'm going to empower people to do what they like to do. As long as we're aligned, you know, pros and, 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 and strengths, um, then it works out. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's, it's like, you know, the old saying of jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah. It's like, you know, you, when, when the business starts to grow and especially probably you've seen this in scaling, mm-hmm. like you do have like bootstrapping a company and, you know, starting yeah, it, yeah. you have to be you almost have to a jack of all out. trades, you right? You have to, but then to, to truly scale and turn it into that system-based business, like I always talk about on the show, to truly do that, you have to start to relinquish some duties, mm-hmm. start to delegate it around and start building a team around you yep. where, they're, where they're masters of what they do. Like I'm not a master accounting. Now I can 
or an accountant. I can look at uh, financial statements. I can read them. I can yeah, I can dissect you know the them. I, I know every you know. I can. Tell there's you no the, point of you to be the bookkeeper, but right? I'm not. Yeah, but I'd be you the worst be the bookkeeper in the world because my personality is. You know, I, we're going to party, so I'd be more thinking about ADHD, how to throw a party. You can't be a bookkeeper, bro. Yeah, no, 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 I'm, I'm not good. You. I'm not good. <laughs> I, I, but I need you know the right personality, the right person. It's yep. like good to great, the right butts and the right seats. Yep to be able to accomplish the goal. Like we're all running from the same, we all have one mission statement. We all have one, you know, one saying, we have six core values. So we have all of our core values, we have a mission statement, we're all running for the same things, but we just have, we, how we get there is gonna be maybe a different path. Yeah. It's like, there's not, you know, 11 quarterbacks on a team. We all have our purpose. We all have, you know, obviously what's the goal? Hopefully to win a Super Bowl or a championship, yep. right? And so- But you have your different role. Exactly. And you, you, you might make a play that game, you might not. It doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, you won. Like, I could go back to the wins of the Super Bowls and all, you know, Tom Brady, you know, all the Super Bowls that he won, I guess is the most recent. Um, but I could not tell you who caught the balls, but yeah. I could kind of tell you who's on the team. Yeah. I don't know how many balls they caught, but I can tell you who's on the team, right? Like that people can get so caught up in the details because they start making it about them where they don't, they, they lose focus on the bigger picture of actually winning. Cause that's kind of what people remember. It's like working for a company that goes out of business. It's like, man, well, I did all these sales. It's like, bro, you went out of business. Who cares? Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, you're yeah, just right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But no, that's, that's completely, we, we were at, um, I didn't make it, but they did a Silicon Slopes event. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I heard so about that. There was some drama going down because when it, I didn't go and we won, um, the advertising award of 2022. Anyways, I had a prior commitment and, but the, the marketing company that did our like lawsuit videos, uh -huh. they went and they accepted the award. Well, there was another marketing company that helped with billboards and all that. Right. They were really upset. Oh. And they were posting on LinkedIn and the other, um, and it was kind of like, well, they didn't trash talk you. They didn't, they just accepted the reward on our behalf, you know, and just said, you know, we're, we're excited to be here. Well, the other one was like, well, that means that we weren't part of it. And you guys took our credit. It's like, no, you guys were super valuable and they were super valuable. Everybody was super valuable. Like it's a team effort. We all won together. Right. But it was kind of like, no, if my name's not mentioned, right. We didn't win. It's like, uh. I mean, everybody knows you did it. Right. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> so yeah that, I was that, like, nobody mentioned my name and I have the, it's my company. Nobody gave me a thank you. Right. You know, but yeah. like, whatever. That's true. Which is, you know, I guess perspective, right? It's we won it, as a team, you know, yeah. and that's, that's exactly, I think what you're pointing out is like, it doesn't matter who does it. It's just like, let's get it done. And then the, the whole team wins for sure. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like I always tell people is I want to win. I, mm -hmm. I, I just want to win and I don't really care how we get there. If, if I don't get us there, great. Like, yeah. I hope that I don't have all the right answers because I don't want that. That's not duplicatable in my eyes. So yep. I hope you guys go do your thing. And like, you know, what we've been able to create is a lot to do with our team. You know, the foundation we set back in 2018 about the first location to be able to propel it now yep. to, you know, nine locations. We're going to actually open up one um, as of March 1st this year. At least that's our intention. That's our goal. Um, but nine locations and scale that up to, you know, $100 million has been, you know, a, is it a hundred million with nine locations? With uh, we did a hundred million with five locations. Shit, yeah, I think we, we we we've acquired a few more. Uh huh. And uh, obviously the market went so, down a little so bit. So what's the location done. though? Um, well, a couple a couple of locations do twenty between twenty and twenty five million a piece yeah, um, in awesome. sales, and then some of them you know we have a little bit smaller, a little bit yeah, a little bit uh some some smaller locations. That's, that's some great unit volumes, man. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean yeah, 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 I mean our our tickets big, um, but we're selling you know a few thousand you know, trailers and uh -huh. tens of thousands of treasure actions between parts and service and different things yeah, like really that. Cool. So it's uh it's been a wild ride, man. I mean, in, in just a few short years, we've gone from, you know, 12 million in sales to 111. We ended it last year, a little yeah. over 111. You said just barely though, that I can't have all the answers because if I do, 
it's not scalable. Right. That's such a good mindset, you know? Right. Because if it, it it is that kind of that entrepreneur that's like, I need to control everything. It's like, well, nobody's going to buy your business if you are the business. Because right. they can't buy you. Exactly. They need to buy an organization, SOPs. Right. That you could plug anybody in that can follow those. Right. right? So anyways, that, that stuck out to me. I was like, yeah, that's that's the mindset. That's how you get to the $100 million. Right. Because you're like, I can't be the solution to everything or else we can't scale. Right. I mean, I... I really only need to go to the locations once a quarter to say hi. I, when I go there, I just say hi and then I leave. I it's we what I my mission has been able to have the business run without me, and then the same level down. Like I always talk to my department managers, even my like service managers at dealership. Like the only reason you can't leave or don't feel comfortable to go on vacations is because you set it up yourself. Yep. So if you set it up running so good, that's invaluable to me. Like, don't feel like that person's going to take your job. No, I'm going to put you somewhere else. We're going to do something great together yeah. because you're so good. You've created a department that runs by yourself and it's successful. Yeah. And so it's creating that mindset of like duplicatable and then not creating a superstar based business versus a system based business where the successes of the failures of the dealership or the company rise and fall on one person. If they leave or what happens, yep. I no. let's create a plug and play system where like you put all the credibility. Like, so I was talking with a guy the other day, and I don't even know if this is on topic or not, but I was talking about system-based businesses and, you know, not having all the answers and be able to scale. Um, I think this is interesting in barbershops. So barbershops tend to put all of the credibility on the barber. Like it's all about the barber, the way he cuts, the way she cuts, all these things, you know, hair, like it's all about the people in the barbershop. Well, in my opinion, that's building a superstar-based business. So if that person leaves, goes down, women have babies, has a baby, you'll lose sales. You'll lose people. They'll follow them, whatever they do. Now, don't get me wrong. I love, I love, you know, my barber. I love, or, you know, everything about that. But it's like, how about we put the credibility on the business where you know that anytime you go in there that you're going to get the best service, the best haircut, the best everything, because it's the barber shop that you go into. Yep. And so I feel like with a lot of companies, they make it so much about a product. Well, like we see it in network marketing days, they make it so much about the product that all of a sudden someone duplicates it named Walmart. Well, oh, hey, I'm just going to run over there and grab it. And it's, you know, it's a tenth of the price because network marketing is expensive. It's a tenth of the price. So they go over there. But then you're like, well, why are you going over there? Well, you told me it's all about the product. They basically knocked it off. It's Walmart. It's probably, you know, this and that. Well, I'm going to go buy the product because you made me feel like I'm going to die if I don't take it. So I'm going to go buy it at a cheaper product price because they made it all about the the product. And so now I've done a lot of like speaking and and kind of consulting coaching on this, this aspect of like, stop making it all about you because you can only go so far. Yep. And if it ends and, you know, begins and ends with you, well, you can only go so far. So, you know, talking about scaling and like learning to do that, it's hard because especially when you bootstrap a company and start out, you're trying to protect yep. everything that you just put your life savings in, all the hard work and energy. But then when you start to duplicate your efforts, you start to be able to go do things. You can start to design your day how you want to design it. Then you're like, oh, this is, this like is it's, awesome. It's coming together. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like that's most entrepreneurs' goals is that freedom, right? Yeah. But if I meet with so many people that they're they're like, oh man, I can never leave. I can't do this. I can't do that. And I'm like, that's your own demise, dude. Yeah, figure. I mean, as a business owner, that's your job is to replicate yourself, right? And it is scary um, because you're like, oh well, they're not as good as me. And I believe that, you know, like especially when I was in sales, like they're not as good a salesperson as me. Well, they don't need to be, right? You know, <laughs> right? They don't need to be as good as me. They could just they, maybe they're eighty percent there. Maybe they're 60% there or 90% there, but I can go hire and train 50 salespeople. Right. There's only one of me. So 50 people even doing 50% is way more than me doing hundred percent. For sure. And so a little bit was like, stop expecting perfection, I guess. Right. Or maybe they're not going to complete it in the same amount of time as I would complete it, but right. that's fine. As long as they could do it and they do a, still do a good job. For sure. Um, 
But yeah, that's scary. And I think that's what holds most entrepreneurs back. Like I can't, they're scared to empower somebody else. Right. And maybe it's like what you just said, like, hey, hey this person that's running a great dealership or program, maybe they're scared that that person underneath them is going to replace them. And it's like, no, that's like, that's how you scale. Like you're missing the point. Go do right? it again. Right. Go train somebody else and, yeah. and go build it again. And then, and then again, and then again, and then and again. Right. Yeah. We talk about with our directors all the time. Like, how can I hire you as a director uh -huh. if you can't even make your department run without you? Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. So we've had some people that have, hey, we're looking for X or, you know, we're growing and there's eventually going to be this position or whatever. Obviously can't guarantee anything. A couple of people raise their hand. Okay. Hey, you're going to kind of try out. It's a tryout for the yep. next, maybe, you know, until the end of the year, whenever we end up buying, whatever we do, you know, how are you going to be able to train someone to take your spot? Because I can't, I can't screw up that department because you're making the magic happen and it's not quite ready yet. I can't screw up that department being selfish for me. And then you being selfish for you coming to corporate and leaving the department to fail. They're our best service center. And it's one of my, one of my, you know, my guys that he listens to his podcast all the time and he knows, he knows exactly who he is. One of the greatest dudes in the world. I have all the faith in the world that he's going to make that happen. But it's like, Hey, and I told him, I was like, hey, I'm going to challenge you to be able to do this. And it's going to, and I'm, I cannot wait to see what he does because I can't believe what he's done with relatively little help now. I mean, he, yep. he made one of our worst departments, worst service centers in, in our entire company, the best. Yeah, It's not even one of the best. It is the best. And with not the best shop, not the best circumstances, but it's the best. And now I'm like, hey, man, let's keep rinsing and repeating that. Keep it going. Now train someone to take your spot and keep it going. And then it's like, okay, now we can take this person and, and train and do some other things because that's what we're looking for to scale because I can't do it all. My operations manager can't, or you know, chief operations officer can't do it all. And he's a master certified technician. My chief operations, operations officer is. Can he do it? Yeah. I mean, he was used to be a service manager at this location. Yep. Now I brought him up. I mean, and that's true duplicate duplicatability, right? Yeah. Do you think that people don't do that because they're scared of their value isn't going to be seen? You know what I mean? hundred like, percent. Because it's like, if this guy can do everything I do, what value do I bring? Right. You know? Yeah. It's like when you scary. use, so I used, I was reading a, a thing. Um, I don't remember where, when I was reading it, but it was talking about the, the wave, um, Phil Jackson, when um, the bulls were winning all those championships, the way he acted because everything was going to, to, to Jordan, right? Like all the credibility, all the reasons he's winning the championships. It's him, 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 you know, and you got Scottie Pippen and Rodman and Kukoc and all these guys. Right. But it, it, all the stardoms around, around, uh, Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, Hey man, like, look what I've been able to do. And I built this team and, yep. you know, did his thing. And really, you know, he, he didn't get, he didn't care about all that. And he's now, he, he could have made a huge deal out of it and tried to be like, Hey, you know, this is really about me. Like I'm the coach. Like I'm the one that put this team together. And he really made it about the players and, and put the credibility on them. Then when the Lakers did the same thing. So then now he's known as one of the greatest coaches in the world yeah. and to ever have lived. And, but he could have totally been, you know, acted a different way. Same with like Popovich. Popovich just did his thing, won a lot of championships yep. and wasn't really scared about anything else. But there are some coaches that won it all about them. When you know, and you're confident with yourself and you're good mentally, it doesn't matter if you get the credit because yeah. you know what you're doing. Right. Like, I trained the all-star and the all-star is getting all the credit. Awesome. That means I did my job. Right. But if I'm insecure, then it's like, oh, people don't see me. Right. You know, they think it's about Michael Jordan. It's really about me and I need that recognition. But if you're good mentally, then it's fine. Right. Let, let Michael take all the credit. You you know? Maybe he goal. deserves it. Right. Maybe he deserves yeah. a lot of it. Maybe I deserve a little bit, but either way, 
I know I did a good job. Right. At the end of the day, you can look yourself in the mirror and yep. say, I gave it everything yeah. I had and I, I did a good job. Coach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm the best coach in the freaking yep. world. Look, I've won all these championships, you know? And so I think that that goes with a lot of uh, employees or people in leadership positions that they don't want people to succeed underneath them because then they don't feel like as value. But then I would look at, okay, like, you know, go back to the system based. Cause it's not a system based. I don't feel confident with you being a true leader and making it run without you. Yeah. You know, I've, I've had those conversations with people. It's like, well, I'm the best and my stats are the best. It's okay. Well, can you replicate that it? only goes so far, <laughs> yeah. bro. Like, especially in a company that's scaling, like, yeah, can you replicate it? Can you teach it? Like, if you can't teach it, you can't replicate it. And you're, you know, a terrible man. Like, well, like, yeah. I don't know how to make you do anything else besides keep you in the same position for the next 30 years because yeah. you have to be able to grow and scale. And in your, I heard it once I'm saying one time a shift happens, you got to be shift, you know, adapt or die. You got to shift and adapt to, you know, circumstances if that's where you want to go. Now, if it's not cool, we need people to be, you know, working or doing their thing down there. So I learned at, at Vivint, which is the, I think the largest door to door sales company. I think My manager is. was freaking awesome. And he's goes, you know, that a sales rep, you can only sell so many, right? right. You can only knock so many doors. Even if you sell every single door, you're limited on your growth and it's not about the money. Yeah. You can make plenty of money as a personal sales rep, but it's about, you need to be, be growing. So the next step, just because you're a good sales rep does not make you a good manager. Right. Right. So let me train you to be a manager. That's my goal. And then, so he, and he drives a, you know, a triangle, like as a sales rep, you know, you can only influence this many people well, as a manager. Now you can influence this many people. Right. And then he goes, but the harder jump is managing managers. Once right. you can manage managers, then that that triangle now you get to the base of the triangle and it's really infinite right if you can build leaders anyway I and that's what his focus was is like i'm here to take you from a sales rep to a manager but more importantly from a manager to a manager of managers right and i was like yes for sure has nothing to do with the money i mean it has some stuff to do with the money yeah you can spread your reach and make more money but then that's scalable and it's like well i don't want to create this manager because then he could just leave and go to another company one cool let him right. empower him you know right. if you're not adding that value anymore that's right go do his own go, thing goes with culture he built a leader and how fulfilling is that right or he continues to see your value and he stays with you right but either way i think it's kind of a win-win for sure as long as you're not scared to lose people because they're too good and you and and then even if they leave i've had people kind of in that situation and then they end up coming back or they don't but we're still friends in the networking and it's like empower people and let them do what they're going right. to do. Cause I mean, especially in Utah, it's a small world, right? Yep. And in being able to have those conversations with those people and, and, and if they do leave and it's like, cool, like that's a huge compliment. Go start yeah. your own thing. Super success. Like, like I trained that dude. Uh, that's a business. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How yeah. fulfilling is that? For sure. I mean, that's the ultimate goal. Yep. Like the, the person, how can I be mad at a person trying to better their own life? You know, if they have a better opportunity somewhere or doing this or doing that. And we weren't able to come to an agreement or whatever. Hey, do you need help? Do you need help moving? Yep. Do you need help this? Do you need help references? Like at the end of the day, like I'm on team you and creating a life for you and creating a time life for this, this, our team. And if that's what you feel best for you and your family, then go, I can't be mad at that. Like yep. now if you start disparaging and poaching and doing this and that, like we'll have a conversation, right. but it's not going to, I mean, but if it leaves on good terms, yeah. oh, that never happens. It never right? happens. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. congrats. And they see your value that you provided them in teaching them how to lead and how to manage and how to run businesses. 
and then they go do it themselves. And then now you have a buddy that's the owner of a successful business. Yeah. Like, that's cool. Yeah. And like you, you know? said, sometimes <laughs> I might come back. Sometimes you can merge. Sometimes you get this. I mean, there's opportunity everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's burning bridges is never a good thing. Yep. I mean, I know it's, it's, it's impossible to keep things perfect, but burning bridges is never a good thing. hundred percent so, agree with that. Dude, one thing I want to ask, man, I want to kind of get into it a little bit. I know we're, uh, we're, we're a little strapped <laughs> on time here is just tell me about, tell me about uh, Dirty Dog. I know, you know, you got the cookie wars and yep. lawsuits and this and that, which you've talked about that till you're blue in the face about on every podcast and every radio station, news station and everywhere. Um, but I'm really interested in just, you know, kind of, why Dirty Dough in, in kind of the difference that you're making in the with the branding and the mm -hmm. way you're doing things and, and being different in this culture, in this cult, culture of cookies or whatever you want to say, yeah. like, you know, it's culture camp. So you're creating your own, you know, your brand and it's all these things. And it's just exploded literally because uh -huh. I've asked you to buy a couple markets and you're like, no, dude, it's sold out. It's this sold out. <laughs> I'm like, holy crap. It's got to do yeah. anything here. So um, it's just it did. It's, it's been so cool to see in the last year. So much yeah. has changed. So the, the focus on Dirty Dough and I had to figure out what my focus was first. And I came to my mission statement, which is now Dirty Do's mission statement, is to find joy and fulfillment despite life's dirtiness in ourselves and others. So let's be happy, it. let's be fulfilled now. That's what, despite life's dirtiness, let's not wait to sell the solar company or to do X, Y, Z. Like we need to find it in, in that path. Right. So that's the mission statement. And then we have two pillars to achieve that. One, traveling to several dozen countries, you see happy people, you see unhappy people doesn't have to do with wealth though, right? right? So what does it have to do? Well, it has to do with your thoughts, your mindset, mental health. Right. So a big focus on mental health, um, which I'm super passionate about now. But I come from a little bit of a different, it's not with the background of somebody in the family or myself with anxiety or depression or bipolar. It's like, that's how I believe we can be happier and fulfilled. Right. Whether you have anxiety or depression or not, or you don't, like let's be proactive with our mental health. The other one is empowering people through entrepreneurship. So on that first, like, what are we doing different on the mental health or on the cookie company? I, I mean, I'm not a cookie guy. I've never made cookies, but I saw the opportunity to spread a message and a positive message. So dirty dough now means the dough is dirty. Right. We focus on the inside of the cookie. We do two layer cookies, stuffed cookies, three layer cookies. I love it. And then you walk into a dirty dough and it says, we care about your feelings, you know? Yeah. And then it's what's on the inside that matters most. And the boxes, you know, all the packaging has different mental health messages of like, perfectly imperfect. And what I'm trying to do there is having daughters and seeing the stats of how much more likely they are to end in the hospital, end up in the hospital due to self-harm. It's just super alarming. Right. So how do we teach them and empower them that they are enough, that they're good how they are. They don't need to be the Instagram life. Right. Well, that means we can't be the Instagram cookie. Right. We have to be the dirty, ugly, messy cookie, but it still tastes good. The sweetness is on the inside. Right. So that's the mental health messaging towards the customers and then each franchise we open we will open up one uh wellness center in a k-12 school wow so now we're educating kids on what mental health is and what these wellness centers are is you convert an old classroom to mental health wellness center kids pop in and they learn what an emotion is and they're identifying their emotion what are they feeling when they come in then they get to go pick an activity is that activity breath work or is it um, gratitude mindset and they're writing gratitude cards or is it just coloring or is it a fidget spinner or right. is it um, I mean there's just so many different things like just you're changing your posture and seeing how that or guided meditation and then 10-15 minutes later you leave you identify your emotion again and you're like okay I can learn what works for me and what doesn't work for me right so the goal there is a thousand dirty dough locations with a thousand um, wellness centers so far 
We've done nine Dirty Dough stores open, two more opening this week and one or two opening every week till forever. We've sold Love over it. 300. And then we're tra- the nonprofit's trailing a little bit, right? We're, we're just starting to do our first one. Um, but there's a lot of figuring out to do. Life is For sweet sure. foundation is that. Oh, but, I love it. Like let's 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 do something. I don't know. You only work so much for money. Right. You know what I mean? Like at one point it's just like, oh, that's that's cool to have more money. Right. When I die though, is anybody like, oh, I want to be known as the richest person? You know, does it right. I mean is that a goal? Or is it like how many at least for me, right? I can only speak to myself, but how many people did I help? How much suffering did I ease? Right. Right. Um, so that's my goal. And those are kind of the, the two things. And then on the mental health side, and then I have the entrepreneurship side, which is just me. Like that's just who I am and I love it. And it's empowering and it allows me, like last month I was in Mexico for a month. Really? Last year I was in Mexico for two months, all of June and then all of December. I love it, man. Because that's where my wife's from. Um, it's not like I'm vacationing on the beach. We're in the freaking desert of Chihuahua. Right. But my kids can go meet their cousins and their grandparents, you know? Um, so like I needed to, entrepreneur has given me that ability right so i say you need four things to be an entrepreneur you know you need a game plan you need time money and expertise right so okay how do we lower that so more people can be less scared i guess or help them take that leap of faith well that's what the franchise is is like here's the game plan right here's a game plan that's worked for some other people the money well we're half the cost or less than half the cost is of the competition right and then the expertise and the time we pre-portion all of the cookies at a central production facility, send them out, and all you're doing is putting them in the oven. So you don't have to be a baker. You don't have to hire a bajillion employees. You don't have to store raw ingredients. You don't have to worry about waste. Of you know, like We just simplified it. So right. now it's like one of the easiest or the easiest food franchise models. And then to take it a step further, we also do like mobile franchises, which mm-hmm. cuts the cost in half again. Really? Um, but I want to, I mean, our CEO, Jill Summer Hayes started a company in 83 called Maui Wowie Smoothies and Coffee. Oh yeah. I, think um, I, I swear I've heard of it. I mean, yeah, got up to 700 locations or just under 700 locations. Yeah. She sold that started out anyways, 40 years later, she has franchisees that have been with her for 40 years. Wow. Like how cool is that? That's generational wealth, right? right? You give somebody a business model and then they pass it down to their kid. And that's right. like, that's cool for sure. So that's what we're trying to do the mental health side, but also on the entrepreneurship side, like it is, I said, money doesn't equal happiness and that, that's totally true, but it does help. Right. No, <laughs> it could sure. be a tool to help. Like I think for me to be able to go to Mexico for a few months, a year, that helps for helps sure. Maybe happier. Um, so how do we do that? Well, let's give people more time, freedom, more financial freedom by getting them into entrepreneurship. Right. No, I love that dude. I, I love that. There's so much, like more mm-hmm. to your company through it's, you know, maybe, you know, cool hidden messages and yep. the way that you're operating and your belief and the foundation you've set before you even had one location. Cause we talked about this forever. I mean, we went to the little, yeah, it, was, it was a little scary. We were into it $2 million before we opened up a location. Wow. But that's what you had to do in order to really simplify it and make it the most simplistic right. food franchise model. Cause we're building warehouses and then we're buying trucks and all the machines to do it and hiring all the employees and then coming up with all the processes. So it's super easy to open up the store. There's 115 page or not page, but 115 step checklist of like, this is how you do permits. And these are your preferred vendors just because we're trying to empower people that otherwise wouldn't be entrepreneurs right. to be entrepreneurs because it's not daunting, overwhelming and super risky for them. No, I love that. I mean, I'm a huge, huge, you know, you can call it capitalist. Yeah. I love 
on business, love entrepreneurship, love, love everything about it, man. And I love that there's so much more to, you know, your brand and what you're doing than just cookies or just money grab or just this mm-hmm. or just that. Like there's so much more to dirty dough. And that's why I've been such a good, you know, love having you on the show to really, yeah. you know, have people kind of inside look of who you are and then also why you're doing what you're doing and maybe like a little bit different vibe than you've been usually talking to about the cookie wars and all that stuff, which we all know about. Um, <laughs> Bennett, hey man, I really, really appreciate you being on the show. It's been yeah, such a thrill, dude. I mean, you, I remember when we met down in Tampa and uh, I know we've, we've kind of, you know, stayed in touch somewhat from, I guess, basically for a year, a year now. Yeah. And uh, it's been cool to watch you grow. It's been cool to watch everything with the lawsuit. It's been cool to watch the brand explode. It's been just cool to, to watch everything. So I just want to say, man, I appreciate you. I know you're busy. Um, the last thing I want to ask you, man, is what does success mean to you? How do you define success? Fulfilling my mission statement. So am I happy? Am I fulfilled? And am I? how many other people am I helping be happy and fulfilled? And then it starts with my wife then my kids um, and then employees, I guess, friends, family, and then it's kind of spread from there. But I definitely want to be happy and fulfilled, but I, that's the legacy I want to leave behind. And that right. success is how many other people are living happier, fulfilled lives because of me. For sure. No, I, I love that, man. And that's, that's the legacy, right? That's yep. like you just said, it's, that's what we'll remember than anything. I mean, I mean, just the, the lasting effect that you, you know, just from the conversations in Tampa and then when we went to lunch together, I mean, just the lasting conversations, I mean, that's what, you know, yeah. it sounds weird that it attracts me to you, but like, just because of who you are as a person, Shucks. like that, that, <laughs> that, you know, leaves a lasting impression on me than, you know, seeing the success of, of everything. Like I, like I guess the outside world mm-hmm. might, might see that, but I'm like, Oh, I know. Like, I feel like I, you know, I've talked to you. I've had good conversations we had with sushi you before. together, bro. Yeah, I had miso soup right in front of yeah. you. Yeah. And like, I mean, we, we had a conversation <laughs> together. I'm like, Oh, I know, I know him as a person, know yeah. why he's doing it. So it's just, it's super cool, man. And I just, thank you. Thank you for being a light in, in this crazy community, this crazy world, um, this crazy industry, the cookie industry with this bizarre stuff. Very going litigious. On. Yeah. And, but just thank you because <laughs> yeah, they're, you. they're like, you mean, like, I don't think you realize how much you mean to the communities or how much you're going to mean to these kids lives, opening up these wellness centers. And also for these franchisees that, yeah, franchisees that, uh, that, that have the opportunity to do something a little bit different for, you know, relatively low um, cost to be able to better their lives. I mean, dude, yeah. it's, yeah, I mean, high five to you, man. It's just, it's, it's so thank cool you. to watch. I mean, I, I, it's been a thrill. So Bennett, thank you so much, man. I uh, really appreciate it. And thank you for the friendship. Appreciate it, man.